Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. Hi folks, this is Tim. And this is Dustin. And this is Maisie, who you can't see, but there will no. be a photo posted on our Facebook page, on Apocalypse Now mm-hmm. on Facebook. Dogs of the Apocalypse. That's right. Um, this is actually going to be the first... Part one. Part one of a two-part... Well, two episodes. You guys get two episodes this week. Of Extravaganza. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> For the very simple fact that we... Uh, the Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead were... Aired back to back tonight, mm-hmm. and we are starting recording this at about ten twenty, ten twenty five, and I'm we just finished watching the season finale of The Walking Dead. Right, we have not watched the season premiere of Fear the Walking Dead because I am old and, and yes, and it's gonna uh, tomorrow's gonna be rough as it is getting up early. I uh, took probably a two and a half hour nap today. I really wanted to take a nap and I just didn't have time. Yeah, or either I could have made time and I didn't. I took a two and a half hour nap, but. Yeah, still. Oh, boy. Yeah, so tomorrow night we will watch um, Fear the Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. And so we will have this episode come out at our regular Tuesday night release time. And then the Fear the Walking Dead episode will be out probably Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, it depends on how far I get with editing this episode on Monday night. Because we're going to sit down tomorrow night and watch Fear the Walking Dead. So that's what's happening here. Right now. Right now, at this very moment. So, like I said, season finale of The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. And oddly enough, nothing happened. I was very confused. Uh, yeah, I was, yeah, when they just like, everybody walked out and was like, eh, we're just gonna, just gonna do a musical number. <laughs> I was like, what? Daryl has beautiful singing voice. It is. It, we were not expecting the musical episode of The Walking Dead. I mean, Buffy did it and really set something off. I think a lot yeah. of shows felt that they had to do it uh, year right. after year. And, and no, that's not what happened. No. Um, so. But kind of. <laughs> okay. So we're preparing for this battle. Right. And, and, and Negan has prepared a double secret flim flam for, for Rick. Because he knows that Dwight sent the map right. with his fake plan. Mm-hmm. So he, but he, he also knows that they're going to kind of think that was probably a trap. Right. So he sends a bunch of guys, some expendable guys, some of Simon's loyalists, out to where Negan was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So that when they got there, when Rick had come to get there, they kill all those guys, and then they find the real map, the quote-unquote real map, where where Negan will quote-unquote really be, and so it's a double flim-flam. Although, oddly enough, strictly speaking, the map they give them takes them to where Negan is. Right. But they think that they're going to find Negan, like, getting ready to right. have a thing, not expecting they're going to show up and Negan's going to be, like, waiting there going, Hi, guys. Yeah. I'm ready to do the stuff to you. Now, before he sent out this group of people who you can tell um, who these guys are because one of them has blue hair. Yes. And he's, like, a reference point, I guess. But uh, Eugene comes by with right. his... You know, to demonstrate the new ammo. Uh-huh. And Negan's like, yes, this is excellent ammo you have created for me, Eugene. He even shoots some of it. Yes. To prove it's excellent ammo. And Eugene's like, oh, I'm happy to provide my services to my new lord and master. Yes. He says it about 20 more words than that, but... Because Eugene is Eugene. Right. So... And as much as I... Yeah, anyway. <laughs> I'm not going to go into it. Well, you could, because later. Right. <laughs> but anyway. Well, no, they think that I, Eugene is a problematic character for me. Right. Because he talks in a way that no human being talks. Mm-hmm. To the point where if you met someone who was talking like Eugene talked in real life, you would be like, 
shut the fuck up, dude. <laughs> no one talks like that. Actually, I think you'd be wondering what medication he is on, and do they know he's outside? Right. But, on the other hand, Eugene is a very interesting character because he is he is racked with self-loathing mm-hmm. and fear of preserving self-preservation self-preservation uh plus he also but he also kind of doesn't feel worthy of that mm-hmm. because he knows that he's a coward so he he gives us a really interesting dichotomy of character well, he's a very human right. character and you and i as writers like writing human characters mm-hmm. people who are not only recognizable to an audience but feel real yeah. to us and so yeah i, I know what you mean he's got that- Yes, that that the struggle that Eugene goes through feels very real to me. Mm-hmm. The way that they write Eugene's dialogue, oh, <laughs> I, I just can't with it. I just can't. <laughs> anyway, oh, but I got to tell you about this scene where where Negan is walking through here, and he's he's picking on Dwight and and doing his speech thing about how they you know go out there and do the thing, and in the background. <laughs> Are all these people milling about, and I have to tell you folks, the word milling about, words milling about, are completely appropriate because these people are literally walking from one side of the screen to the other, Mm -hmm. and I'm looking at the going, this is not how, where are they, what is going on? What's the deal? Because they're just literally wandering across the room, there's no reason, and they're all doing it at about the same pace. It's really... Well, you know they were like, they just told the extras, like, we need to make the scene feel full. Mm-hmm. So we want you guys to walk around like you're getting ready for this. And then maybe one of the extras raised his hand and said, okay, getting ready how? Are we, like, moving boxes? Are we... Are What's we my motivation? Ammo? <laughs> and they're like, no... Just just walk around. Nobody's going to be paying attention to you. Everybody looks at Jeffrey Did Morgan when he's talking. And I just couldn't... Once I saw it, I couldn't Can't unsee it. it. And basically, there's this Jeffrey Dean Morgan-shaped hole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I can hear him talking, but all I can see is these people wandering around going, What? What? Does somebody... Mm-hmm. Tell, someone tell these people to do something. Right. They're just like... Man, I don't know what I'm doing today. It was just so bizarre. Anyway... So, um, so there's a flim flam happening. A potential flim flam. Potential flim flam. So, uh, Rick does exactly what Negan. Well, hold on a second. Let's talk real quick about the setup that we see at uh, uh, the hilltop mm-hmm. before we get into the the big scenes because there's a lot of emotional scenes here. There's a lot of emotional beats and. We first see Rick basically leaning over, you know, taking, you know, be, stroking the, the little baby who, you know, he's he's the reason she's an orphan. And he looks in the mirror and it's a, it's literally the, and you said this, it's like, hi baby, I killed your daddy. <laughs> and, and at that moment, Rick looked up into the mirror and it's like, oh, this is the, yeah, I'm responsible for killing this this child's, child's father. father. Yeah, and it was literally the timing was perfect. It was right after you said it, so Sadiq comes in with a bottle, and he looks at Rick and he's like, "Well, I, I heard she, you know, I saw she was awake." So, and Rick's like, "Tell me how he died. Mm-hmm. What? How did? How did this happen?" And Sadiq basically tells Rick that he had been telling Carl about his Sadiq's mother's view that the the souls of the walkers were still trapped inside. You had mm-hmm. to kill them to release their souls. And it, remember, that's what Sadiq had been doing. He had killed hundreds of them by the right. time by the time Carl and Rick found him. And he says, basically, that the reason Carl is dead is because Carl thought that was an interesting idea, and he decided to honor Sadiq's mother by going and doing that. And Sadiq was like, you know, he didn't even know her. He didn't. He did it just to, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, to honor some total stranger and some total stranger's mother. And that's why it happened. And he was basically talking about, it's an extension of we can build a better world. 
And Rick kind of looks at him and walks out. But as he leaves, he whispers, croaks, hoarsely says, thank you. Mm-hmm. And we don't, we, we don't quite get what I wanted from Rick for this episode. I really wanted that scene. I wanted a scene earlier than this where Rick looks at what he's doing. Um, but there, I, I get something along those lines this episode. Right. I think that we're we're getting to a point uh, where, well, this pendulum, you know, it's the Rick pendulum. Mm-hmm. You're either crazy or you're not crazy. And he's starting to swing back. to he's, He started probably last episode to swing back towards not crazy. Yeah. So anyway, also, um, everybody's preparing. Mm-hmm. Carol, the, I led the core group, the core team zombie, are all standing around talking about uh, the plan, and Carol sees Morgan walking away. Mm-hmm. And so she kind of goes to catch him, and he's like in a weird fugue state talking about, oh, did you see him, did you see him, did you hear him, did you just touch him, you know words just like flowing out of him that don't really make any sense and then the gates open mm-hmm. and the the savior pre pow's who are now kind of working with the hilltop they're coming back in from leading away walkers and morgan like flips out and runs at them to kill them and he somebody tries to stop him and so he goes to kill that person and like inches away the stick is like inches away from the throat and when he realizes that it's stupid fucking henry <laughs> and and while we wished for a moment to see henry die yes this is not the time or place and right yeah but anyway uh carol grabs him then mm-hmm. and he's, he's like what are you doing and he's like, and he's like but they were coming in and and i was gonna and and she's <laughs> Okay, you need to relax. Like, you need to take a minute. Well, and Rick walks up to him and says, you don't have to do this. Mm-hmm. You've done enough. And and Morgan's like, no, I do. And you and I are... The same. We've lost everything and all that's left is the killing. And we're worse than we all were. Yeah. You and I are worse than we were and we have nothing left. And you and I... The, the re you know I know why things have happened this way but you and I used to be better uh-huh and we're not and and it's funny like, <laughs> and he's right <laughs> Rick, well but Rick is like kind of taken aback a little he's like we haven't lost everything and and Morgan's like no no we have and Rick but Rick you know, Rick still has Michonne. He still has Judith, in theory. You know, <laughs> he's got all these people that he cares about uh, and wants them. He will, he doesn't want to just survive. He wants to live and have these right. people live. Um, and that's what he started this fight about. And I think he's realizing now that he's let it get too far. Or something. Anyway, doesn't matter. Well, and I think that, that Morgan basically looks at him and he goes, you know, we're going to, I have to see this through. Mm-hmm. You know, it has, to, it has to be over. And that sounds an awful lot like Morgan's going, and I'd like to die now, please. Mm-hmm. Or at least something like that, because he's just, he, he can't let go of the people that he's killed. Right. And, and he can't not protect people. And so it's just, it's this place where Morgan's Morgan's emotional state is really really wrong right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's lots of things are happening in Morgan. But you're right. There's that moment where you have the core group of people, that core, everyone who survived from like seasons one and two, is right there, and it seemed like a really nice moment as they all walk out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 not even the hero shot, really. Yeah, it's kind of just the it's you know that that you know that, you know that walking shot where you see all the heroes walking along. Yeah, and it wasn't They've even that done shot it like six or seven times on this show. But that wasn't what this is. It's just you see them go by in like twos and threes, but it's all of them. And the last shot in that scene, I think that's the last shot before yeah. it goes to the opening credits, is is Rick and Michonne holding hands as they walk uh, away from the camera. Uh, really, kind of an interesting setup. I mean, I. I it's not a. F- it's got a tenser drama, 
to it. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's tension. It's not particularly fast paced or dramatic, but it's got a. It's got an interesting tension and, and and energy to it. Right. So they essentially do exactly what Negan said they're going to do. They show up at the place. They kill off all those guys. And they find the map and they go to the new place. Now, Negan has basically been telling Gabriel, as they, as they go off to do all their things, Negan is like, oh, bring the priest along, i got some confessions to make. Yeah. And he's basically, and here's how, what's happening yeah. with the plot. But he's, he's, as we're watching the visuals, he's basically... Describing, it's like know, a heist movie moment. It is kind of, yeah. Well, anyway, so Gabriel's like, no! And he, like, barrel rolls out of the car, runs off into the woods, and Negan's like... Oh, He's like, it's all right, he's blind. Yeah, will somebody please go get him? He's blind. <laughs> and Eugene, and, well, the the lady, the blonde lady, yeah. and, and Eugene catch up with him. And Eugene's like, you idiot. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and then he says something about Gabriel's faith, which was yeah, interesting. Says, you know, yeah, what was, where is, you know, where is your faith? You'd think you'd be putting, you know, yeah. putting your faith, you know, you, you something have faith. About, why, yeah. you know, why aren't you believing? Why aren't you believing or whatever? And this, the, we looked at each other, and it was like, yeah, obviously, like, okay, yes. What we decided last week is true. Eugene has decided yes. to sabotage the ammunition. Yeah, I mean, it's, but it was, it was, there's a certain amount of venom in his voice when he says it, which almost made me feel like right then, it's like, you know, Eugene almost looking at him and going, you're about to screw up the plan, yeah. man, stop. But I don't you know. no because Gabriel obviously couldn't know. Well, I know, but it's almost like he's angry because I don't know. It felt it felt like his anger was real for a second because it was almost like you doing this might screw up my plan mm-hmm. without being able to say, "Right, I have a plan and you're screwing it up." Uh, but you know, I mean, it was it's an interesting scene because it comes this close to being Gabriel's last because. Mm-hmm. You know, Negan shows oh up. Oh my gosh, I just am so tired of the Negan fake out. Oh, I know. They're like, I've got my bat and I'm going to swing it up onto my arm. Yeah, he's like, alright, take him back to the car. And so they drive on. Because everybody has a plan. There's not a single person on this episode of television that does not have some sort of plan. <laughs> with the exception of Dwight. Well, that's because Dwight at this point is like, I am so dead. Yeah, I'm, he's, just, he's, I'm dead all the all he, the different deads. He's uh, in the 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 A sweatpants, mm-hmm. and he's wandering around, and it's you know looks like he's gonna. So essentially, what happens is Rick and his team come up upon this field, and they don't realize it, but they are completely surrounded on all sides by saviors. Or right. on a lot of sides. On three out of four sides. Uh, enough sides. Enough sides. As they're coming up to this this field, they see this giant herd of walkers in the distance. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, like, giant. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we don't think we've ever seen anything this big before. And you and I, we, the, the, it was hard to see on your TV for whatever right. reason. Uh, but we reround and we were actually, oh, that is a giant. That's a giant herd of walkers. Mm-hmm. All those, you know. And... Just milling around in a valley. Just hanging around. Doing like the thing. cows. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a little difference. Zombie cows. No. no don't drink Don't drink the milk. Um, <laughs> <ew. Yeah. laughs> so anyway. Oh, no, Tim. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Uh, I'll tell you about the horrible thing I said later. Oh, dear. Not on on uh, Recording? Podcast. We watched. <laughs> yeah, okay. Anyway. Anyway. Go ahead. So... So while this is all going on, uh, at Hilltop, they see saviors pulling up. They see a, a convoy of saviors mm-hmm. arriving. And so it's actually a two-pronged assault. Yeah. Well, yes, Tara is there. She's been left in charge of the POW men plus the women and children and all right. that stuff. And so she, they see the saviors pull up, and so everybody sneaks out through the escape passages. Mm-hmm. And Tara, uh, the, the baby is crying, and we were like, like, was that a baby crying? Is that a baby crying? <laughs> and Dustin literally says that. And I go, no, that baby is not crying. You know babies don't cry well, in this world. Well, you know it was just the little baby. It was not Judith, no. who is somewhere, in theory, is probably somewhere. Judith, Judith's heart is made of iron. 
Mm-hmm. And she will never shed a tear <laughs> in her life. Oh my gosh. Well, or if she does, it'll be the quiet kind of cry. My she hopes, I would love it. I would love it if there was a big time jump in between this season and next season. It was like two years or three years. So that Judith it's, could actually be a she, character? She's like a five-year-old or a six-year-old and she's just like throwing <laughs> knives and <laughs> and wrestling dogs to the ground. So while they're they're watching, and they're getting under the woods and... And Tara's like, you know, I, I'm going to stay behind and try and slow them down because the baby is crying. They'll hear the baby. Yeah. And uh, what's his name? Jared or uh, uh, Percival. It's Alden. 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 Oh yeah. Yeah. Alden, the uh, the the savior who wants he wants to come a court and to, to to Maggie so bad. Mm-hmm. He's he looks at her and he swoons every time he sees her. And he hunches his little shoulders. Uh, and he talks in that, like, I want to be a romantic love interest from the 1990s. But right? have you seen my facial hair? I need work. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and so he comes up to her and he's like, it's like, by yourself? And she's like, well, yeah. And he's like, no, I'm staying with you. And she goes, I'm not giving you a gun. And he goes, I'm staying with you anyway. And yeah. she's like, mm. the other savior's. Uh, who who stayed with him and stayed at the Hilltop, come up behind him, and he goes, you know, I'm staying with her. Are you guys with me? Because I'm with her, even if she's not with us. And she's like... Oh, crap. <laughs> and she, she dumps her bag full of guns and goes running up just in time for explosions! <laughs> yes, all the Oceanside women have come, and Aaron is with them, and they... They're very excited and, you They know. Molotov the hell out of the saviors. And apparently do not burn down right. uh, Hilltop by setting it on fire. I'm not sure what happened exactly no. there. It's fine. It'll all be fine. <laughs> It'll all be fine. So, <laughs> so... So that part of the battle is done. Right. They have, they have saved Hilltop. Right. Uh, meanwhile, Negan gives one of his patented Negan speeches... About, I didn't want it to come to this, but here we are. And I guess I'm just going to have to kill you all at and first. Now, but now that we're here, I'm going to enjoy it. You know. They uh, they take aim, and they're all going to shoot, and all of the guns malfunction all at once. Like everybody's guns blow up. Mm-hmm. Negan's gun, I mean, just the entire row of people, and we were correct. Right. Yeah, Eugene decided to pull a, pull a double switcheroo. <laughs> And so, so heel like, face turn again. Heel, yeah, so. heel toe. It's not quite a revolving toe. door, but yeah. it's it's at least a turnaround. So, <laughs> so, so there's this like second, and it's a total Australian horror movie second. You know, in Australian horror movies, they do this thing where like you know the killer will burst in the room, or the zombies will burst in, and and the heroes will stand there for a second and like look at each other and be like, "Isn't this thing that's happening so scary?" <laughs> and you're sitting there going. <laughs> Move, you idiots! And the exact same thing oh, happens God. tonight because all the guns explode, and like Rick and Maggie and Michonne, like they can all look at each other, like. Well, but they also are looking around for somebody shooting yeah. at these people because it's like, you know, you don't ex- you don't expect a bunch of guns to blow up, mm-hmm. and um, those of you who know more about firearms than I do can. Leave us a comment or a note. Tell us how accurate that would be for yeah. like a that kind of ex, that kind of explosion, right. that kind of misfire. If you'd get that kind of effect, but in, it certainly it doesn't it doesn't kill. It, some people do get killed. Some people die, yes. But most of them just get wounded. There, right. you know, their their and, hands get hurt. Anyway, so um, so then they all attack and and they have to fight some of them off, but a good deal of saviors like immediately surrender. Right. Uh, Negan runs away mm-hmm. and. Uh, the blonde lady with the weird tattoo that has been like, she's the one who uh, Dwight left. You know, she tried mm-hmm. to t- tried to kill Dwight, and she escaped. And she's been kind of in the background. She's been a background saver for a really kind of a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, she she surrenders, and a bunch of other men surrender. That and... one that one savior lady who uh, she's got the real angular face and the mm-hmm. short short black gray hair. She comes up to Dwight, and he's like. This is his fault. He did it. You know, I'm going to kill him. And no, she doesn't get to kill him because... Eugene shoots her in the leg, I think. Rosina shows up. Oh. And she looks at him and he's like, 
Uh-huh. She's like, uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, so a bunch of things happen, and Rick goes chasing after Negan, and they end up. And at first, I was completely lost because Rick shoots and he shoots out a stained glass window, and I'm like, "Why is there stained glass hanging <laughs> in this tree?" And then I remember we've been seeing this stained glass hanging in this tree for the whole season. Yeah. And this is the end. This is the final. And so they get there and they fight. Negan scores a really serious uh, hit to to Rick. Rick's chest. Right. And Hits him with Lucille real hard. And Rick's like, wait, wait, wait. Give me, give me ten seconds. Mm-hmm. And Negan's like, no. <laughs> right. And Rick's like, we've won. Because we've, yeah. we've defeated, you know, your guys are, your guys are surrendered. You are you are done. It's like yeah. I'm going to survive, and I'm going to come back, and I'm going to get what I want. And Rick's like, "No, you're not. Can you give me ten seconds to explain why?" And he's like, "Fine, ten. And Carl, yeah. he's like, "Carl didn't want us wanted us to be part of a new world together." He wanted to, you know, we could build this together. We can work side by side. And Negan's like, I really don't think so. He's like, you know, we should do this. And he goes, you know, if your son, it's your fault your son is dead. And Rick's Mm -hmm. like, hmm, you know, I think you're right. Uh, And that's when he pulls out the piece of glass and and slices Negan's throat. And you and I had been talking about this before the episode aired where we weren't sure what was going to happen. Because in the comic, this is what happens. The, the, the war is much bigger, mm-hmm. but the fight between Negan and Rick essentially plays out with a much bigger audience, yeah. by the way, than we got here. But essentially, that's, this is the scene where basically Rick says, let's do this together. You know, Give me your hand. Yeah. And as Negan's like, okay, fine, Rick's like, psych! And slashes his throat. Well, that's essentially what happens here. Really? Huh. And well, I thought I, I was under the impression from the way that it was kind of shot that Rick didn't realize all those people were standing behind him. I don't think he did. And so when he turns around and sees that legitimately everyone, like the new prisoners of war Mm -hmm. and Michonne and Maggie and everybody are standing there watching, he's like, I guess he gets to live now. Well, I think there's there's a couple of ways to look at that. One, you could look at him legitimately thinking before he was going to do this is I'm going to try and keep Negan alive for Carl and maybe make him part of this world. But in the moment, I could also very easily see Rick going, screw him, let him die. Mm-hmm. And generally speaking, when you slash someone's throat, your goal is not to do that as a warning. Right. It's generally as a, you know... I hope you bleed out and die. And and you talk too much. Yeah. And now you can never talk again. <laughs> but essentially he tells Sadiq to go save him. And Maggie flips out. Yeah. And she's like, no, he killed Glenn. He's done all these things. We need to we need to kill him. And, and Michonne holds her back. And, and, and it, it's kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. Because Maggie is... Her pain is real, and it's mm-hmm. completely understandable. But oddly enough, she says something that kind of fits with what Rick was saying, which is, has been saying throughout the season, which is, we got to make it right. It's one mm-hmm. of the things she says, is do we have to kill him to make it right? And the whole point of so many of this episodes of the season was Rick understanding that killing people doesn't make it right. Mm-hmm. And the weird thing is, is that, I was under the impression, I, I thought that she had evolved to that, well, I guess she did when it came to everyone else, but she, Negan still was another story. I well, guess. and I think, that that, makes I, sense. you know, it, again, it's a very human thing. This is the kind of stuff where when the show gets this right, I enjoy it a lot. You know, we, this show can really stumble when it comes to, to human behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, and how people really, really act in situations, but this—I don't—I don't see a problem really with her being someone who forgives uh, the ordinary people for their actions. But for somebody like Negan, she'd be—I think you know—if she would feel that way without the level of personalness mm-hmm. for like the governor too. You know, I mean, right? She, you know, 
Well, no. In the case of the governor, no, he's responsible for her father dying. So no, right. she would be, yeah, that'd be personal as well. Right. Um, but you know what I mean. It's, I do. Um, so essentially, then the rest of the episode is is well. No, Rick. Rick gets there and looks at the people and says, "Oh, right. We're all going home now. Yeah. This is over. We're going to rebuild. We're going to build a world that is more equitable. And if anyone still wants to go by Negan's." rules we're gonna have a problem uh so let's just try and rebuild you know let's rebuild our world let's create something new well and let's let's figure out a way to live together because there has to be a tomorrow right and tomorrow has to be got to be a morning after told you it was a musical episode we can make it wouldn't lie to you folks anyway (laughs) um so uh then it goes into kind of rebuilding, and I'm I'm torn with this whole sequence because there's I, a lot of things that happen. I like a lot of it because it it gives every one of our characters moments that feel real, mm-hmm. um, but it also kind of has that Lord of the Rings, you know, Return of the King ending feeling mm-hmm. where it's like, and now the episode is over. Oh, but wait, yes, and now the episode True. is over. Oh, but uh, wait, but because... it's, it, still works it still works because it starts with morgan handing off all of his armor to carol saying here give this to henry tell him i'm gonna be okay and she's like are you and he's like ah we'll work on it (laughs) then he goes to the junkyard where jadis is sitting there and says to her hey rick says you can come back to the community if you want um and she's like great let's go and he's like no i'm staying here I need to be alone. You don't need to be alone, but I need to be alone. And she's like, oh, by the way, my name is Anne, and I'm not going to talk like a, like a Looney Tune anymore. And, I'll uh, believe it when I see it. Yeah. And then uh, it Tara and Rosita show up at the Savior's compound with some glass, mm-hmm. and they meet up with some wives who are now dressed much more, much more practically for the apocalypse. <laughs> um, and, you know, they... All are they're getting things ready. They're making the Savior's compound a place where you can actually live. Because I think that was part of the problem. The Saviors were relegated. Like they, they made. Like, You're going to grow our crops for us. You're going to handle our animals for us. They weren't doing anything of their own, right? Except being dicks to all these people. And so now they're going to make try and build a sustainable world for them there. So then. Let's see. Oh, Daryl takes Dwight out into the woods. Now, reminder, Daryl has basically been telling Dwight, when this is over, you're going to die. And mm-hmm. Dwight has been going, yes, I know. Could we please get in the business of killing Negan now, please? Mm-hmm. And yes, you can do whatever you want to me afterwards, but we got to take Negan down. And they drive out in the middle of the woods. And Daryl's like, get out. Mm-hmm. Dwight walks around the corner and goes, you know, I know why we're here. And I'm ready. I'm I'm sorry for what I've done. I'm you know I I got to see Negan die. I got to see, I got to see Negan go down, and I I'm I'm okay with that. And I'm no piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm ready. And then he begins to weep, and falls to the ground. And Daryl throws keys at him and says, "Get out of here. Go find Denise. Go find go find her or her." And. Uh, and don't ever come back. Yeah, I will kill you if you come back, but go out there and make it right. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, huh. Oh. And then we see Dwight get in, get in the truck, and he drives away, and he finds a house. It's the house. It's not just any house. Right. It is the house that he and Denise lived in, he and Denise and Tina, mm-hmm. before the apocalypse. Yep. And then they were... Taken in by the saviors. Mm-hmm. And then when she escaped, he went there and that's where she was. Or she had been staying and, you know, left him a note knowing she would he would come there. So now he, and he left her a note. And now he's come back and he finds on the, on the, he finds on the bedside table another note to him. Mm-hmm. And two beers and half a bag of, of pretzels. And inside the note says... Honeymoon in the eternity symbol. Mm-hmm. And he smiles. Mm-hmm. And it's a real smile. It's not an, a, yeah. it's not an ironic 
or a bitter yes. or a, a you know. So the, my assumption is is that Denise is off somewhere like picking mushrooms in the woods. <laughs> I don't know. And well, you we're seeing this scene, and you looked over at me and said. I really want him to find her alive. Yeah. And I said, I don't think he is going to. And I was like, I'd like it. I just, yeah. I have this horrible feeling. And then we don't see her, which is actually, I think, if this is the end of Dwight, if he, if he you know, if mm-hmm. we never see the character again, this is actually a good ending for him. Yeah. Because it, it's left you with a sense of hope and he's going on his own journey, mm-hmm. which I'm okay with. Right. In the comic, Dwight stays and becomes the the leader of what the saviors become. Mm-hmm. But I think it's best that we're... The way things are going, I think it's best that there not be this sort of specialization like you were talking about. Right. Uh, there's, so there's, it's less these communities being divided in the way that I think they ended up being a little bit in the comic. Right. Because back at the kingdom, uh, everything's fine. Yeah. Eugene, or not Eugene, uh, Terry... Terry and and Ezekiel and fucking Henry and Carol <laughs> decide she's going to go and live at the kingdom, mm-hmm. which is what Michonne did at the end of the war in the comics, right? Which again tells me that Michonne is Carol. And it's Carol's Michonne. Andrea is Andrea is Andrea is dead. Michonne, Michonne is, is Andrea. Andrea. Carol, Carol is Michonne. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. There we go. So anyway, one plus two plus one. <laughs> It was one plus one. Uh, okay, <laughs> math. Uh, so meanwhile, over at Sanctuary, oh, uh, at Alexandria, uh, Father Gabriel enters the burned-out shell of his church, mm-hmm. and he starts to cry. And he falls to his knees, and he says, Thank you for, for, for providing, you know, for allowing me to co- go on this journey, and thank you for protecting me. Now I see... And then it shows, and it's interesting because I wonder if it's his POV mm-hmm. or if it's because it's because every time we've ever seen, seen since he had his fever, his vision has been tunneled, right? And he has like one dot where he can see, mm-hmm. um, and then it shows like the, the the sunlight pouring in through a stained glass window. So, do you think that was his POV? Do you think he's his vision has uh, cleared up, or I don't is know. he is I don't, it metaphorical? I think it's metaphorical. Because he's thanking God at this point for for basically saving him and saving the people he cares about, mm-hmm. and and doing it and and because if you think about it, in this final part of the war, um, nobody nobody that he really cares about died. Yeah, a lot of, not a lot of people died. No, actually, the, actually, the body count at the end of the war is actually considerably smaller than you would think it would be. In fact, the largest number of people I think who probably died were the saviors at hilltop who got mm-hmm. blown up right but and the people that had the automatic weapons up but, by their faces, up there by their faces. Yeah. so um, here's here's my concern with here's my problem with this scene i i really 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 want to like this scene with with gabriel there because you and i have talked about before how this show has a real problem with people who have faith mm-hmm. and so on one hand gabriel has a scene where he's thinking his god Mm-hmm. And he's he feels like he has a purpose, and you know clearly rebuilding the church is what he needs to be doing. And you have this beautiful moment with this light shining through the window. But as soon as the ah came up under and behind him in the music, I just wanted to reach through and go, take your hand off, you know, take the hand of the writer, the hand of the sound mm-hmm. designer, and just, no, no! Because it was, like, so unsubtle and so just, it was so in-your-face, mm-hmm. as opposed to this really kind of, I don't know, For I know I'm complaining when you sit there and go, you know, oh, treat his faith like a punching bag, and I go, that's not good, mm-hmm. give him a moment of faith and, and strength, and I complain about that too, and I know that's. <laughs> we don't have to ever be happy with this show. I don't Tim. know. I just I feel I feel like they they took a moment that actually could have been a really subtle, um, and and powerful moment, and they brought in the the, you know, the choir to sing behind, and I'm just like, no, it was so emotionally heavy heavy handed, and it just bothered me. I like the scene, right? I do. So the next one is Rick and Michonne and Sadiq. 
in with Negan. And mm-hmm. Negan is ch- chained to a bed. He's all bandaged up. And Rick basically explains to him, like, you've lost. You get to survive. But now you get to be an example. You're going to live to show everyone that when you step out of line, when you try and do the things that you have done, this is what will happen to you. You're going to be imprisoned. There is going to be law. There is going to be a morning after. There's a song in there somewhere. Well, <laughs> and I think, I think you know, and this is something that, that is similar to what happens in the comic, which is uh, uh, Rick keeps Negan alive and Negan will look looks at Rick later in the comic and basically says, "You're keeping me alive to prove that you're make people think that you're better than me." Mm-hmm. Here, at least at this moment, um, Rick, because Michonne is with Rick when he's doing this, and she's kind of they're kind of passing off mm-hmm. what's going to happen next between the two of them, and she's as much part of this conversation as he, and which I really liked, by the way, right. that it wasn't just Rick giving a speech. It was Rick and Michonne as a team talking about, you know, how Negan is going to serve as an example to them that there is going to be accountability and there is going to be something resembling law and order. And that, you know, but we don't have to be murderers. Yeah. We can, punishment can be, you know, you're in jail, uh, but also that it's, you know, he's going to, he's not going to be, he's not really going to be part of this world. He gets to, he'll get to watch it. Be better without him until they end up needing him. Which oh will yeah, eventually. well I bet that we'll barely even make it through the next season before Negan's out running around being the scamp. Meanwhile, this, unfortunately, back on Hilltop. Yeah, this leads into my least favorite thing. So Jesus, throughout the episode, well, hang on. little Beardy Aiden comes right, up to yeah. Maggie and goes, "Hey, um, most of my guys are going to go back and try and make the Savior's compound work, but." I never felt like I belonged there. I think I want to stay here and use that key to the future book to like win your heart or whatever. <laughs> and uh, and Maggie's like, "Fine, do that." And she like storms off and goes into her office where Jesus is waiting for her. Right now, throughout the episode, Jesus has been talking to characters like Morgan and saying, "You know, you don't have to be a killer." Uh-huh. Um, you've got two ends of your staff. One's right. got a pointy end. One's got a, a dull end. Use the pointy end for the dead people and the dull end for the live people. And you know he's got after really not a whole lot of him this entire season. Uh-huh. You know he's there talking about the things that you know he's that uh, look at things from various yeah. angles points of view person. And so Maggie, and he was the one who was leading the charge to we have to protect the people and mm-hmm. have them live and. You know, even the saviors deserve to live, and blah blah blah. He's always been that guy. And Maggie's like, "You were right. You were right to 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 give them a chance to tell me that we needed to give them a chance." And thank you. And mm-hmm. they came through, and you were right to do that. However, Rick and Michonne were wrong to allow Megan to live, and we're going to bide our time and wait for our chance. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes. Even before, out of the shadows steps Daryl. He's like, yeah, we are. It's like, what? What? There is no... This This is almost as bad for me as when Michonne was beat up by that trash girl. <laughs> and like you're like, there's literally no way that that woman was yeah. able to take down Michonne. No way. And I feel the same way here. It's like, there is, like, oh, you can disagree with the choice to let Negan live, but you're not going to be like, and now we're going to, we have, we're going to bide our time and gather our strength so that we can betray our friends that have been our friends forever for making this one decision that we've, now, and we don't necessarily know that that's exactly what she's thinking, but it's led really, really, it makes it look really a lot like that's what she's saying. Yeah, it it really, really does, and that really bothers me. I felt really, the word really is going to appear very much in this particular stretch of the podcast. I'm very, very surprised mm-hmm. that this is something that they would even try and do because and, it's wildly out of character for Maggie. And for Daryl. Yeah. And for Jesus. What's Jesus doing there? Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, and 
you know, it's the end of the episode, so we don't, for all we know, ne- first episode of next season opens up with Jesus going, now wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, fellas. I no, feel this is a bad plan. I really think there's going to be a huge time jump. It could be, and I'm just, I'm, and I'm, if we can get past and never have to speak of this Maggie thing again, because mm-hmm. I'm really unhappy with it. Well, it would be really hilarious if they just set her up to be like this long con villain, and she gets cast, and that, that pilot that she shot for ABC gets picked up. And she has to leave the show in the middle of the se- of the middle of the hiatus, yeah. and doesn't even like get to film any new scenes. They're just gonna be like, "Well, Maggie's in the bathroom." <laughs> as long as they kill this dumb idea, just dead. I mean, because it's a bad idea. Uh, uh, note to the writers for next season: they got a new showrunner. Um, they got you know uh, big plans. Uh, let's not make Maggie a bad guy. That's mm-hmm. just stupid. I'm sorry. That's dumb. Right, especially when they when they their disagreement is over something so ultimately insignificant. And if I could just point it out, the decision that her husband would make if he were alive. Exactly, exactly. Ugh. I mean, it's just it's really it's really problematic. And again, I completely understand Maggie's rage and anger at Rick not killing Negan, but. I also would have to believe that she has done a complete 180 on her personality to get mm-hmm. us to this point. Because we've been with her since the second season. Right. And not only that, Daryl just let Dwight go. Like, just let him go. Mm-hmm. And he's going to turn around and be like, no, we're going to go. Like, no, that's, it's, it just doesn't make any sense. It does not make any sense. Now, again, this could be kind of a big fake out in terms of, you know, make the audience think one thing and then, you know, we... We're going to bide our time and then prove with diligent, constructive arguments that they were wrong. We're gonna... That could be it. <laughs> I'm... Jesus, Jesus, that's why I brought you in so that you could start formulating the argument. <laughs> That could be it. <laughs> We're I'm not form- holding my breath. Debate, I think so. debate club will, is now in session. Go find all the surviving teenagers <laughs> so that they can learn forensics. Uh, you know, I, I have to say that uh, I got I got some of what I wanted from Rick. You know, I got that that realization that he needed to be the better man. He mm-hmm. needed to be. He needed to. Rec- he needed to not kill everything that moves. He's right. got to have that that hope for a future. A morning after. There's got to be for, one then. Per se. Uh, I got that. I got that in, in not as much as I wanted, but I got enough of it that it's there. And so I guess you know, all my concern last week about being able to wrap up the war in tonight's episode, well, what if you had a war and one side's guns all blew up? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of... You know, the war was kind of anticlimactic. And I'm actually okay with that. I'm mm-hmm. not bothered by it as much as... I mean, as much as I love a good action scene, it was kind of like, eh, I'm alright with that. You know, Because if you got the big all-out war, explosions, gunfire, all those things, it kind of... You know, I don't know. The, the way that the saviors all... The survivors of the saviors all, you know, just looked at... Dropped to their knees and said, "We're done. We're done. Mm-hmm. We're tired of this." Um, that felt real too. I'm mean, so I was not. I did not have a problem mm-hmm. with the episode ending like that, or with, with the the war kind of just going. Eh, I don't <laughs> feel like this today. Let's just not. Can we not? It's not okay. I really liked, and I liked some of the things that they did, like the subtle things that they did, like Rosita and Tara showing up at the Savior's compound mm-hmm. and being met by the wives. Yeah. By Negan's wives, the two wives that were like the most prominent ones, you know, and and you see the blonde girl with the bad tattoo, and she's like helping tend crops, and you realize that there, this is going to be like this is going to be okay. We're going to make it through. And um, I and I don't if we don't do a time jump next season, I'm not I'm not going to have any trouble if we have friction. Right. I'm not going to have any trouble if we have people who are not going to just go. It's all happiness and unicorns now. I'm fine with that. Well, I just don't want it to turn into. I just. Uh, I'm so concerned about them doing something stupid with Maggie. It just. Oh, it's going to eat at me. Well, we have Fear the Walking Dead to eat at us for a couple of months. That's true. That's true. And uh, we will be covering that tomorrow night uh, on part two of this 
this special two episode two first. week. So um, oh, we didn't talk any about the little Rick and Baby Carl walking down the street thing. But we don't. Rick and Baby Carl walk down the street. Yeah, and it's kind of opens the opens and then closes yeah. the episode where Rick basically is is writing his letter to Carl, and he's basically telling his memories, and then it ends with this moment of hope. And hopefully next season we'll get to see, if we get that time jump, mm-hmm. we'll see Rick walking down the road with Judith wearing the hat. Mm-hmm. And it'll all be magical. And then a walker will show up and Judith will pull out her industrial slingshot and <laughs> beam it with a ball bearing. And he'll say, well, that's a good shot, baby, baby. And, and yes. she'll, she'll yes. look at him and hiss because she's still not going to have any lines. <laughs> <laughs> and then he'll say, he'll say, let's go back, let's go back home and, and prepare for our weekly debate with the hilltop about what to do with Negan, baby, baby. And this is not what's going to happen. <sighs> Oddly enough, this episode, the way this episode ends, um, is the kind of ending that it's like the series is over. Mm-hmm. It was very much a, if we got canceled, mm-hmm. we could end it here. Not that, not that AMC's ever going to cancel the show. No, no. God, it's going to go It's going to turn into Coronation Street. Like, they're going to, you know, <laughs> they'll be on the, like, sixth or seventh cast. I'm okay with this episode. I actually am. I'm this Overall, yeah. this season, the second half of the season, was really pretty good. Some of the better, some of the better episodes overall that this show has had... Better than average, certainly better than average in the shows. We're kind of hit and miss track record, right? So I was pleased with it. So we'll be back. Well, we'll be back later this week with another episode of Zompocalypse Now. Uh, so yes, again, you get two episodes. You get this episode, which is The Walking Dead, and an additional Fear the Walking Dead episode because we're incredibly generous people. We're gluttons for punishment. That too. So. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. And thank you guys for listening. As always, find us on social media. Find us on Facebook. Find us, of course, at podcast.com and iTunes. And always, if you could rate and review us, that would be fantastic. That's always helpful for getting more people to listen to the podcast. And that would be cool for you to do. So thank you guys for listening. We'll see you tomorrow night. (laughs) Yes. Zompocalypse Now is recorded and produced by Dustin Adair and Timothy Harvey. All rights reserved.